Welcome to the All About You podcast. My name is Sheila and I am your host. In this podcast, I invite people to tell their stories of their travels, hobbies and passions. These podcasts are also now available on my All About You YouTube channel. So if you have a story to tell, please contact me on allaboutyoupodcast at yahoo.com and let's tell your story. Welcome to the All About You podcast and today we have a returning guest. I had a conversation with John Moyer who is a hypnotist and a YouTube creator and we talked about how we can rewire our minds and get better control of our lives. It was such a great conversation I've asked John back as I want to explore how we can use our minds better to deal with the feelings of lack of self-belief in our abilities, feelings of not being good enough, and also a new one that I think has come out, imposter syndrome. I know it's going to be a very insightful conversation. John, welcome back to the All About You podcast. Thank you for having me back. I'm, you know, I, I think this is this is a mile marker for me. I mean, I've only been doing podcasts, I think, for maybe the last seven, eight months. This is my my first uh, my first returning appearance, so I'm I'm grateful for that. But we, you know, we had a great conversation last time, and you know, there's lots to talk about that I'm passionate about talking about and sharing. So, yeah, I'm genuinely uh, appreciative to be here. Well, I'm glad to have you, John. So. The first thing I want to do is to cover a quote. Now, this is a quote from Henry Ford, who was the car manufacturer back in the day. Mm -hmm. And it's a good quote talking about self-belief. And the quote is, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Yep. That is, it's so simple and it's so true because there's such a profound you know, meaning to that, because that is literally whatever our mind is wired to believe one way or another, that's the way we're going to think. That's the way we're going to behave. Um, those are the actions that we're going to take or the actions that we, you know, we're too afraid to take. And that all happens on a subconscious level. Um, we, you know, we can think a lot of things make sense consciously, that we, you know, we could do this, we deserve to do this, or this is going to happen. But if that's not hardwired into our subconscious mind, that's going to override, you know, everything. And we may not even know that it's hardwired in there, um, but that's what's going to um, be take precedent over all of our thoughts, emotions, uh, our, you know, our behaviors. And this is this is why I tell people. I mean, how many times we've we've we we hear a quote like that. Or we read a book, we see a movie, and we're like, "Yes, this is so true. This makes so much sense, and we're gonna we're gonna realize this and apply this and do this." And but you know, day later, week later, whatever it is, you're back to the same old behaviors over and over again um, because our subconscious mind goes, "Of course, this makes sense. You know, for everybody else, not for us. You know, we can't succeed, we can't achieve, we can't accomplish. So, <laughs> you know, we're not we're just not gonna try anymore." And that's that's what happens. I think one of the things I wanted to cover is I think it probably starts very, very young. For example, when we were at school, we often hear, you're no good at sport. Oh, you can't draw. You're no good at writing a story. And I think a lot of people, I know I have done this, I have carried those words that were said to me Mm -hmm. decades and decades and decades ago I still believe it and I was reading an article the other day and it said about this exact thing why do we still believe it has anything changed did the person who said that have any authority to say you cannot draw your no good at sport and when I read that information, I thought, hmm, hang on a sec. We've got an awful lot to unpick here. Yeah. Part of that happens, you know, to be when, when we were younger, we're discovering the world. We're exploring the world. We're probably a lot more open um, and accepting, you know, as children. And then, of course, you know, as a child, there are 
authority figures around us, you know, whether they're just somebody that's a few years older or whatever the case may be. So that really sets the stage for an incredibly impressionable subconscious mind because I have experiences like that from from my childhood that they just become deeply ingrained right there in that, you know, in that moment. Because when you're in a situation where there is kind of an intense emotional situation, and I don't mean intense emotional situation, you know, as in, you know, as in bad, um, but just something where, where you're really in that impressionable emotional, you know, your, your state, like with an authority figure, that can really stick in there. And and the interesting thing, there's two sides to that perspective. I was having this conversation with my son a couple of weeks ago because you've got the perspective of the person that's on the receiving end, and then you've got the perspective of the person that's on, you know, the the giving end. And sometimes on that giving end, you have you may not have any idea how you are influencing somebody. When my my wife my wife was in third grade, I had a, you know she had a lot of energy. She was always very curious, asking a lot of questions. And the teacher used to call her the little pill, pill as in, you know, you can be a hard pill to swallow. You can be a lot to take. And throughout the school year, this teacher always referred to my wife as the little pill. And that really, that kind of affected my wife. And the funny thing was, is she remembered that all the way up through her adulthood. She remembered that well into her 20s, 30s. And um, when she thought about the teacher that called her the little pill, it brought up pain for her. Now, the interesting thing was her sister had a construction company. Her and her husband were building houses. My wife was helping her sister, um, you know, clean out the house for, for, the, for the, the, the new owners to move in. And it was my wife's teacher from the third grade. And the teacher shows up and my wife's like, hey, you know, I had you in third grade. I have no idea if you remember me or not. You used to call me the little pill. Teacher had no clue, no recollection no memory whatsoever, no recall. But yet this was something that my wife carried with her, you know, uh, her entire life. So to your point, yeah, authority figures, impressionable situations, that happens and that sticks with us. Now, if we can be aware of that, then we can take the steps to try to rewire that and, and overwrite that. But some things are easier to overwrite than others. And some things just deserve a little bit more focus, a little bit more attention, a little bit more concentration to be able to override. So, I totally relate to the story of your wife. How do we then go about rewiring our brain to get rid of this throwaway comment, which was possibly made in junior school or secondary school or even in the workplace? How do we do that, John? Well, you know, obviously, first, being aware of that, you're saying, okay, here's something that um, is, you know, is affecting me one way or another. Now, the, there is a big, uh, may, maybe there's kind of a big debate about causality. You know, there's some people that go, well, we want to understand why this is so we can, you know, that's how we are effectively able to, you know, uh, fix the problem. Uh, there's there's another argument to be, wait, well, you don't necessarily need to know what caused it. You just need to be aware that you're having that. And then you work to rewire that within your, you know, your subconscious mind. It, you know, the way to to be able to do that is first being aware that, it, you know, that it's coming up for you. And, you know, there's a number of things you can do, whether it's, you know, you know, meditation or, you know, a self-hypnosis, um, a program specifically geared towards the, you know, the issue uh, that, that you're working through. And the, and the, rea- the reality of this is when you take somebody, when you go into your uh, subconscious mind and you're experiencing a state of meditation, you're exter- experiencing a state of hypnosis, the mind can't tell the difference between what's real and what's not. So you can literally create any reality within the mind, you know, like within a dream state, we experience crazy things in dreams. In the dream, we believe it to be real, but even though that it's not, but the mind experiences it such. So if you take somebody into a hypnotic state and let's say they're they're seeing a wire or a cable that represents, you know, the negative emotions, the limiting beliefs, whatever they're feeling, and they were to see themselves in their mind pulling the plug, un, you know, disconnecting that, cutting the cord, whatever it may be, even though it's not a real experience, the mind believes it's real. So the mind goes, hey, we've got these emotions that are connected to us. Oh, we're pulling the plug and we're disconnecting it or we're, we're cutting the cord. So 
that flow of information isn't isn't going to happen anymore. So that's one of the that's you know that's why hypnosis um, you know and meditation are such powerful tools because you're creating this realm within the mind where you know you can literally design anything and then dictate what's happening and then the mind's going to accept it as real and go oh okay we we don't feel this way anymore we don't have this you know anymore now for some people that can happen very easily it can happen within uh, a very short period of time uh you know i've seen stuff with people happen you know within one session one, you know one experience but if you keep you know, maybe doing that over and over, repetition is the mother of skill. Um, I had an experience for me where there was something particular that I was, you know, that I was working on for me. I was doing a particular meditation every single day. You know, it was like a week, couple weeks. I go, well, I'm not noticing anything different. I'm not feeling anything different. And then, you know, it was maybe like three weeks later, I was in a situation that would normally trigger that emotional state and then trigger those thoughts and those patterns of behavior. And when that situation happened, all of a sudden it was like a light went on with me. I go, oh wow, I feel completely differently. I'm not responding the way that I was. In fact, I feel more empowered in this situation. And for me, it was a case of, you know, three weeks went by not realizing anything. And then all of a sudden one day, boom, the switch went on. And I was literally completely changed. My patterns were thinking uh, differently. Uh, my emotional states were, were, were differently. So identifying, being, you know, realizing and then finding something that works for you as far as whether it's a meditation or hypnosis that resonates with you. And then, um, you know, doing that, at least starting out once, maybe twice. And, you know, at some point you may feel that, you know, everything's good to go. Everything's tuned up. And, you know, maybe a few months down the road, you feel a little wavering there. It's like going to the gym. You just go back in and you can you can tune everything back up with another uh, meditation or hypnosis session. I mean, there's two points I want to cover there, John. Firstly, going back to the story of your wife, my own situation that I'm sort of thinking about now, I'm sure if I spoke to that person, they wouldn't even remember the conversation and as you were talking about rewiring your brain, I started to make notes about being aware of that conversation using meditation self-hypnosis. When you mentioned pull the plug, I had an emotional response to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because that's something that... Definitely. Yeah, that's something that a lot of people can, you know, that's kind of a common analogy that, you know, that people can relate to. That's why it's, you know, it's it, it can be such a powerful tool. And, you know, in your case, if if you were to be in a meditative state or hypnosis state and you go back in your mind and you replay that situation, you could replay that situation with a completely different outcome within your mind. So one of the things about hypnosis and, and, and meditation that's so powerful is you can turn on um, feeling positive, feeling blissful, feeling comfortable, feeling relaxed. Um, everything that's the antithesis, antithesis of whether it be stress or negative emotion. So when you're in that state, you're, you're feeling good, you're feeling positive, you're feeling happy, and you play out that situation, you can then attach that situation to those positive emotions that you're feeling. And you can create a, a different outcome. You can play out a different outcome within your mind. And again, because the mind's believing this is real, um, a different result happens within the mind. Therefore, a different emotional state is a result as as well. You know, I, I kind of call it, you know, mental time traveling or meditation time traveling. In fact, I I have a meditation hypnosis that I've done this with people. You travel them back in their mind, have a completely different outcome of, of the experience. And even though in physical reality and linear time, you know, perhaps nothing changes. But the emotional state and everything that comes with it travels back with them, you know, into this present moment. And there is a completely different outcome mentally and emotionally um, and energetically for the individual. I mean, if you think about it, it makes no sense at all that we are carrying around a throwaway comment mm -hmm. that was mm -hmm. made to me and to your wife, your wife when she was very young, me much later in my life. But it was something that happened decades away. You know, we are still carrying around mm -hmm. that baggage. And 
a situation can happen and it takes you right back and you get that little voice in your mind saying you're not good enough, you're, you can't right. do this and you're not good at sport, you can't draw, da, da, da. Logically, it's a waste of time, energy, effort and everything else. Yeah. So realistically, we know, you know, we can't change what's happened in the past, but we certainly can say, right, enough is enough, forget that person, let's concentrate on what's important in our lives now. It all sounds good and easy, but I think, you know, as you say, you're going to get something that could trigger and you're right back where you started. Yeah. Well, the, the two things you say there, that, that it it doesn't make any sense. It, it does and it doesn't. It makes sense relative to the fact that that's how our minds are wired. That's how we operate. Now, it doesn't make sense because why does one person experience one thing and then somebody else has a completely different experience? That's all relative, um, you know, to the individual. Yeah. Why does it happen? Um, you know, there's a lot of things that happen in the subconscious mind that we we just don't, you know, we don't know. But at least now when we're aware of it, then that's the starting point. But now the flip side of that is, too, you know, there's a lot of people that like to prefer to take that issue, you know, and let's just say it's a, a victimhood mentality. This person did this to me. I'm a victim of this person. This person oppressed me. And suddenly that can become an, an identity, you know, not just in situations, in, in, but in life. Now, that's creating a whole new, you know, pattern of behavior that may feel empowering for somebody. You know, I was a victim of this person or this situation. I've now made my identity uh, victim mentality. You're, you're going to hear dogs in the background. Um, so um, and 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 now that becomes an identity for them, almost in an, a way to counter the disempowerment they they felt with a, you know with a new form of empowerment. But then, of course, with that, well, maybe you feel empowered, but is it does it sustain you in feeling positive and you know and feeling happy and all of these sorts of things? You know, I think uh, an individual just wants to feel good. They want to feel happy. They want to feel positive. But there are a lot of people that feed off of you know those neuropeptides in their mind that make them feel angry or, or cause them to feel angry. So we get addicted to the negative emotions when you know we deserve to be addicted to the positive emotions. I think one thing that I've noticed having conversations with people is the pandemic seems to have created a big awareness of people feeling not good enough mm -hmm. not feeling confident whether it's because we were sort of all locked up for a long period of time and yeah. we had the voices in the head or we we were at lost of our routine and a lot of people were were sort of uh, at home on their own but I think we're hearing a lot now of people not feeling good enough as mm -hmm. in I'm not clever enough, I'm not beautiful enough, I'm not slim enough, I'm not this, I'm not that. And I think a lot of that particularly is women, you know, I'm not, whereas men are just, I, I don't think they worry about the physical side of things quite so much. It is interesting because we, we've seen a lot coming out of that where there was, there was depression, there was all this anxiety that began to come to light for people. Now, at the same time, there became a lot of awareness for people. There were a lot of things that people were able to, um, you know, wake up to within themselves. Now, for the individuals that where there was the anxiety, there was the depression, there was, you know, these negative results or outcomes. The nice thing about that is that those individuals, you know, my experience, I'm sure there's a lot of people that want to keep things to themselves, but there were a lot of people that said, hey, I'm feeling this way, but they've also felt empowered to be able to talk about it. And there became a lot of awareness on those emotional states for people. So, you know, while these things came out and they came to the surface, I'm, I'm also seeing a lot of awareness on that to be able to help people, that people are feeling like, hey, it's okay for me to be able to speak up. It's okay for me uh, to acknowledge this. So yeah, there was a lot of stuff that came to the surface there, good and bad, but at least also an awareness of the bad that we can um, address. 
I think a lot of it was, you know, when we're involved in the daily grind, we don't have a lot of time to sort of think. But mm -hmm. all of a sudden, it was a case of, okay, maybe we're not doing the hours or the commute we were doing before. We've got a lot of time. We're at home. You know, we've got a little time. And I often refer to the voices. You mm -hmm. know, when you've got time on your own, you sort of start thinking, oh, I wonder what she said when she mentioned that. And, oh, I wonder what... In and it's almost like you start having a conversation with yourself in your head. So as you say, I agree. It was great because a lot of stuff came out about self-help, how, how to cope if you are having feelings of anxiety and stuff like that. So absolutely. John, how can we rewire our brains in respect of not feeling good enough because we have conversations with people and go oh you know you're really good at sport I'm rubbish but whether that is true or not I don't know you might be rubbish at that particular sport because you don't enjoy it but my god you're you're absolutely amazing at something else and and, and it's interesting because this has become a, a, a practice for me that almost seems dichotomous to you know whatever the thing is is that we're looking to you know address or or challenge that we're looking to solve when those thoughts come up for me when i you know think oh this needs to be done or i've got to get there or i'm stressed or whatever i literally just clear my mind of that thought and i instantaneously redirect my mind to the present moment with something that and I focus on what I'm grateful for. Stop thinking about whatever it is that you're thinking about that you you may go, oh, I've got to solve this or this is coming up or this is this is coming my way. This is going to be a challenge because the thing is, is that our patterns in our head, um, they're created by past experiences, the residual outcome of past experiences. So then our mind, it searches for patterns. So now we think, OK, this situation is coming up or this is going to happen. Well, what's happened in the past so this is probably how it's going to happen now. And our mind is filling in the blanks for something that isn't even happened yet based on the past. So I interrupt that pattern. And then all of a sudden I just bring myself back into the present moment. And I stop thinking about that and I go, well, you know what? I'm, I'm really grateful for, you know, for this right now. I, I can focus on, on, on this right now. This wonderful thing is happening. When we turn our attention to the present moment and the foundation of all positive emotion you know, really is gratitude. So I'm changing my emotional state by focusing on what's happening now and I'm feeling grateful for what's happening now. And then what happens is, I can't, I can't even tell you, I stop thinking about the other thing, I'm focused about right now and what I'm grateful for. And then all of a sudden, there will be a moment where uh, you know, I'm not thinking about the other thing or whatever, then all of a sudden the answer just pops into my head or something happens something aligns you know the line one of the things that i say repeatedly in a lot of my programs is when you focus on feeling grateful more and more things begin to show up in your reality for you to feel grateful and that seems so simple because it's just like well you know we've got this huge thing that's you know we've got an answer we've got to solve this problem and you're telling me not to think about it you're telling me to just let it go and sit back and go, wow, in this moment, I'm, I'm really grateful for this and this is happening and I can feel grateful. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, because that shifts your emotional state. And then all of a sudden that energy then, and this is kind of where you get into, you know, a little bit more kind of ethereal thinking, that energy then is then resonating outside of you. And then it's calling forth circumstances and situations that are going to sustain you in that emotional state. So if you're feeling anxious, if you're feeling angry, if you're feeling upset, if you're feeling negative, that energy then resonates outside of you. And man, more things are going to show up to make, to sustain you in that feeling angry, feeling upset, et cetera. So if you're aware of being able to redirect that emotional energy back to something as simple as gratitude where you're just constantly going man this is this is really cool that here in this moment we've got this ability to communicate back and forth and you know i feel grateful that i can share the things that i'm interested in i feel grateful that you're choosing to uh you know to talk to me that somehow there's some you know some good happening here then all of a sudden that just begins to you know expand and that's something i mean i'm speaking from experience there are things that i looked at and i go man how the heck is this going to happen? How is this going to be the case? Well, I'm not going to think about it. I'm not going to worry about it. Man, because right now, this is really great. This is really great. This, And then all of a sudden, things just show up in a line. 
And, you know, and, and I know for a lot of people that's like, well, that just seems way too far out there. I believe in the physical reality where whatever I think and do and I interact with is is what happens. I'm in control of and, and I understand that completely. And if somebody is that kind of a person, even doing an exercise like that, that's going to rewire you inside. It's going to change you on the inside for the better. And then, of course, your interaction with physical reality is going to be a much better outcome. And you're you're still going to see those results. So, I, you know, I, I tell people, you know, if there's something, just just pick one thing that you want to focus on, that you want to shift, you want to change. And then when that comes up in your mind, live in the moment, focus on gratitude, feel the gratitude, and just, man, notice how it all works out. John, I don't know what to say. That has just blown my mind. <laughs> Absolutely. When 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 the voices or whatever you want to call it, the, the negative thoughts start coming into your mind, stop and be thankful for something, that you had a nice lunch, that you had a nice hot shower this morning, you've got a car to drive to work, you've got mm-hmm. a job. That's going to put absolutely everything into perspective. That is something you can literally sort of say, right, stop, take a breath, right, okay, I'm grateful for A, B, C. Mm-hmm. That is brilliant. That is just brilliant. And you're going to note. You're going to notice when you come from that perspective and that happen. Literally, situations show up differently for you. People show up differently for you. Things, you know, change, and and it gets so crazy because you know we we hear these. You know, I know law of attraction has been a big thing over the last you know 20 years, and I think it's. I don't want to say it's over oversimplified, you know, in a way, because people, because you hear a lot of people go, well, I've thought about a million dollars and I didn't get a million dollars. Well, that's because your subconscious mind is going, <laughs> we're not going to get a million dollars, but it's, it's not about what you're thinking about. It, it's about what you're feeling and feelings and situations or situations all mean very different things to us. If a homeless person looks at their bank account and realize they have $10,000 that's going to create some some pretty positive emotions for them. It's going to create happiness. It's going to joy, sense of safety, security. If a millionaire, let's say, looks at the bank account and sees there's $10,000 in there and that's it, that's going to create a very different emotional state. You have two of the exact same physical circumstances with entirely different meanings to two different people that sustain them in two different emotional states. So, Emotional states are really all the same for us, but there's different things that we attach meaning to that sustain us in those emotional states. But you you just get rid of the thought process of what needs to happen for that to be the case. Because we all think, well, this has got to happen, and then I'll feel good. This person acts this way, and then I'll feel good. We create all these external circumstances that say we need all these things outside of us to make us feel good in here. You get rid of that. And then you just focus on that in here. And again, like the exercise of gratitude, then all of a sudden you realize how all these, you know, things outside of us change. And I'll share this example. And it's kind of weird because I, it it's almost seems like a cliche example, but this was a recent example. So back at the end of last year, my wife and I wanted to, to buy um, a new car. We knew exactly what we were, were looking to get. And I wanted to have X amount of money down for, you know, the down payment. So it was obviously going to be more, you know, more money than, you know, I didn't want to take from here or there, whatever the case may be. I, I just, and I said, you know what? It, it's, it's all going to work out. Everything just show. I just, I know that it will. I feel good about it. And I'm not stressed. I'm not worried. I'm not concerned. I don't have to think about how I'm going to make this money show up for me. And as cliche as it sounds, literally that week, I go out to the mailbox and there is a check from my agent that books my, my stage hypnosis, my theatrical shows. Of course, I haven't performed, you know, and because of, you know, the lockdown and everything. And I go, why am I getting a check from my, I open it up. It was a check for $5,000. And 
I called my agent. I'm like, why did you send me a check for $5,000? And they said, well, you know, we, we put in for this grant for people that, you know, for entertainers that lost work during the lockdown and we divided it up amongst everybody. There's, there's your share. There's $5,000. And I wasn't even expecting it. Didn't know it was coming. And as cliche as it sounds, you go, I went out to the mailbox. There was a check for $5,000, but it was, you know, it was true and it was real. And that's exactly how that, you know, worked for me. But I've had that experience, you know, with individuals, with people trying to figure something out, let go of trying to figure it out, let go of thinking it's got to be this way or this way. And then you just come from that feeling space and all of a sudden all these things open up for you. You know, it, it's the difference between if you're driving down on a road and, you know, you've, you've just got the perspective of the road. You can only maybe see kind of what's in front of you for, you know, quarter of a mile, half a mile or in this direction. But when you're up on the mountaintop, you've got an entirely different perspective. And it's tapping into that conscious energy, that higher conscious energy up on the mountaintop that's aware of all the different directions things can go for your final destination. And the final destination ultimately is an emotional state. We prefer to feel something. So if you prefer to feel good, if you prefer to feel grateful, then all these opportunities and all these avenues and all these paths will show up to sustain you in that. And then all of a sudden you realize that things are, aren't happening that used to happen, that used to upset you or, you know, create a negative emotional state. Now, John, you've talked briefly about law of attraction. We talked about manifesting and you talked about gratitude. I think gratitude is very, very underrated. Mm -hmm. I think it is a lot of conversations with people about law of attraction and the secret. They've read the book, they've got the film and, and, you know, manifesting as well. But gratitude, because if we think about gratitude, we get up in the morning, we slept in a bed, we pass the night in a safe environment. We can open the fridge. There's something in there. You know, we are incredibly blessed. And I know there are people in very, very dire situations. Uh -huh. I'm making light of that. But yeah. for the majority of us, we have got an incredible amount to be grateful for. But even we set foot outside that door. We've got electric light. We've got clean water. We've got something in the fridge for breakfast, clothes to put on our backs and hopefully a job or, or something to do. And I think the thing is with gratitude, I mean, people sort of talk about your vibration, that, you know, we are energy. And being grateful, I think, just raises your vibration. Mm -hmm. And it's like good things happen to happy people. And I think if you're sort of giving that vibration of you are content, you feel blessed, you've shown gratitude, I believe you are opening the way for a good day. Yeah, th that is why I say, it. you know, it's the foundation. It's gratitude is the portal um, and the pathway to every other positive emotion. And the thing is, it's kind of difficult to feel grateful and angry at the same time or grateful and upset. You can't feel two diametrically opposing uh, emotional states. It's either one or the other. So when you consciously work to shift your mind into that state of gratitude, then these other things begin to open up. And, and you know, there's, there's two things to that. I, I know the law of attraction gets such a bad rap, and I understand why, but there's so much more that we understand in the last 20 years about quantum physics that has really profoundly changed a lot of people's understanding. There, there's an old Nicolas Cage movie. I can't remember the name of the movie, but he played a wizard in, you know, in this movie. And he's having some conversation with whoever. And he goes, you know, what you call magic, we call science. And there's so much interesting scientific uh, studies and information out there about, you know, energy and about what we, you know, what we resonate you know, the heart produces the greatest electromagnetic field outside of the body. There is literally an electromagnetic field outside of us that sends and receives information. And that connects with other people. Information is coming from other people through this electromagnetic field, not to mention the circumstances and, you know, and the, and the situations around us. The, the pineal gland in our, in our, in our brains has calcite crystals with piezoelectric properties, meaning the pineal gland in our brain with piezoelectric properties is sending 
and receiving signals akin to you know radio signals. So it's easy for us to think that we've got these little mobile devices that send these invisible signals out around the world and we connect with people. And we go, well, that can only happen with something we build. It can't happen bi biologically within us. But yes, it, it does happen biologically within us. Science is now understanding that to greater greater degrees. So when you come back to, you know, to gratitude, if, because it seems so huge, oh my gosh, I, I you know, I want to feel good all the time or this or that, you know, we look at things as these gigantic hurdles that we have to accomplish. So you just, you see the hurdle, but you just go right back to the base of gratitude and you focus on that. And then all of a sudden you just realize, you know, that you're able to get a little taller, you're able to get a little taller, a little taller, and then you're, you know, you're just stepping over that, that hurdle. It's not even a hurdle anymore. But you're right. Gratitude is is underrated. It's underappreciated. So I just tell people, just try that. Don't think that you have to do these gargantuan tasks and feats. Just little steps of gratitude, and then you're making leaps and bounds. Gratitude is just so powerful. Whether you think it in your mind, whether you want to write a sentence a day, what you're grateful for, whether you like to journal or whether you just like to talk to yourself in the car and say, oh, I'm really grateful for having this car. I'm very grateful for being able to kiss my kids before they went off to mm -hmm. school in the morning. There's a thousand and one things that we can all be grateful for during the course of our day. And I just think if we really sort of said, OK, every time I think about it, I'm going to say, I'm really grateful that at least I've got a job. It may not be perfect, but I've got a job. It pays the bills. I'm grateful I've got good health. I'm grateful I had a hot shower this morning. I'm grateful when I opened the fridge, there was enough milk for my cereal. If you just went through one day and when you think of it, be grateful for mm -hmm. something. Be grateful someone opened a door for you. Be grateful that somebody gave you a smile when you said hello. I believe gratitude could just change the world and it yeah. wouldn't cost anybody anything. Mm -mm. You don't have to go anywhere to do anything and you don't really have to make a huge effort. And and what happens is, is you know, the, the ways that we learn something is, we you know, there's a thing called unconscious incompetence when we, we realize, you know, we don't realize how bad we are at something. Then it becomes um, conscious incompetence when we realize, okay, how well, you know, we can't do something or, and then it becomes conscious competence when we're focusing on achieving the thing that we're looking to. And then that moves to um, unconscious competence where we're not even thinking about it. We're, we're, you know, we're just doing it. And for me, kind of an example of that, and because this is something I've been really kind of doubling down on, you know, in my life the last couple of months. So um, last week we were off the grid for about four days. My wife's family goes up into here in Utah, what we call the, the Uinta Mountains. They've been going there every year for the last 50 years. This was the 50th anniversary of their family going there every first week of August in the summertime. So you're off, you know, and you're off the grid. There's no cell phone service. There's internet, no internet. You're up there for four days. And of course, with me, there's a lot of, oh man, I'm, I'm disconnected from doing the things that, you know, that, that I, you know, normally have to do. And fortunately, I, you know, I, I have an assistant that was able to help uh, me take care of those things while I'm off the grid, but I'm so conditioned and so used to, you know, especially doing, you know, YouTube constantly being on there and monitoring, but I went, man, I got to think about that. What am I, man, I'm grateful because I'm here in this incredibly beautiful environment. I'm here with these people that I really love and I really care about and here with my wife and, you know, our dogs and I'm focusing on that. I'm focusing anytime my mind wanted to wander, I'm like, man, I'm really grateful to be here right now. And I'd been going up there, you know, not every year with, you know, you know, my wife since we've been together because there were times I was uh, performing out on the cruise ship. But um, I've been up there five times, I believe, since my wife and I get, have been together. And it was the most meaningful, the most profound for me, the most connective to me with, you know, everybody there. In fact, you know, when we first went up, I told my wife, we'll spend two nights. That's all we're going to do. Well, we wound up spending two extra days. Because I was having such such a meaningful, such a profound, loving time with my wife's family that I was that I was grateful for, and the whole you know the whole situation was completely different because I lived in that present moment of I'm here, what am I grateful for right here, and then more things 
so many, so many more things showed up for me to feel grateful. I, I'm like, let's stick around for two more days. And that's how it all works. I mean, I think we can talk about gratitude for, forever. But John, just before I finish, can we talk about imposter syndrome? Sure. This is something that seems to be coming across my radar. I'm reading a lot about this in the press. It seems to be coming up a lot in social media. What's your take on imposter syndrome? Well, you know, we've kind of created this, you know, this reality, if you will, virtually, where people feel, you know, that, hey, man, I I need to put this out there. I need to cast this image. I need to create this this perspective. And it, it is kind of interesting. We see almost kind of two sides, an identity of look how amazing things are um, versus look how horrible things are, um, even maybe when they're not even horrible, um, because sometimes that negative energy tends to feed things more. So we've created this experience of the Internet so everybody can be connected. And then the funny thing is, is that there's a disconnection from reality you know, at the same time too, or that becomes that virtual reality of the internet becomes our reality. That I know what feeds into the challenge of it. How do we, you know, hold that mirror up for people to have an understanding? You know, that's a good question. I'm just wondering if imposter syndrome is linked to our self-belief in our abilities, because imposter syndrome to me is someone's going to turn around and say, you're not really a teacher, you're not really a a mother, you're not really, you know, what makes you think that you're qualified to do X, Y, Z. But I don't think it always relates to your job. I think it can relate to, oh, somebody's going to realise I'm not as confident as I am, or someone's going to realise that I'm not really the life and soul of the party, or someone's going to realise I'm not as clever as I portray. I think it is in a bit of this vicious circle with Uh this, lack of our ability we we don't believe we're good enough I think I think this is why I sort of chose these three topics because I think they're all interrelated it's easier when when you have a chance to you know to craft a photo craft you know a thought or whatever it's it's much easier to be, be able to put that you know imagery out there that perception out there online than it necessarily is you know, when you're just in that impromptu moment, you know, in real life. And there's a lot of people that, you know, maybe they do have those limiting beliefs about their self-esteem and what they're capable of and what they can do. And yet they, there's a way that they can put that out there, you know, to buttress their, their self-esteem. And at the same time too, it's, it also try to counteract low self-esteem. And is it also amplifying the egotistical mind, you know, what's, what's the opposite of, you know, imposter syndrome when it amplifies, you know, someone's perception of themselves. So yeah, there is a, there is a lot to, you know, unpack there. And I think, I think at least being aware of it now, you know, is the key. And it is kind of hard to, to, you know, to go to say, uh, but then we, you know, we do that online. We see something, man, the things people say online to other people are, (laughs) are crazy because it does embolden other people to say whatever the heck they want. And now if you're talking to somebody that's got some self-esteem issues, some limiting beliefs issues, and this is their modality online to be able to try to reverse that or counteract that, man, you're just throwing bombs on a fire that just makes it worse for, you know, the individual. And of course this social media, the internet genie's out of the bottle. I don't know what, I don't know what the answer to that is other than the individual being able to be aware of themselves and make those changes within themselves. And then all of a sudden people start interacting differently and, you know, and treating people differently. John, just one thing I want to cover before we started actually officially this podcast, you and I were having a chat about your YouTube channel and we got talking about people waking up at like three o'clock in the morning because I think a lot of us and I know I have I've developed rubbish sleep patterns and I think it I put it down to the uh, pandemic and how people are using your videos now we started this conversation before we started recording and I just want to go back to that so 
can we just sort of pick up that? Yeah, sure. Because we were talking about, you know, of course, sometimes, you know, for people, uh, you know, they get into bed, they replay the day, you know, and they're, you know, maybe rewinding the negative stuff, the frustrating stuff. You're not turning off your mind or quieting your mind so you can fall asleep. And, you know, that's one of the challenges, you know, that people have. And um, the, the comment that I made to you for me in the past was, you know, I, I might wake up at, you know, two or three o'clock in the morning and, and that's the time. And I, and I read an article about this. I'll, I'll have to see if I can go back and see where I saved this. But that's the time where everything can seem to be amplified, you know, where I wake up and I go, oh, my gosh. You're you're half awake, you're half asleep, but you're thinking for whatever reason those those when your problems come to mind, the challenges come to mind. How am I ever going to fix this? How am I going to solve this horrible thing? Is going to happen. So for me, and I I told you that you know my a lot of my uh, meditation hypnosis programs they're all sleep hypnosis, sleep meditation, and they're eight hours long. Um, because people, there's a demographic of people on YouTube that like to be able to put something on that they can listen to as they're falling asleep that helps them fall asleep faster, but then also speaks to them when they're in those alpha and theta brainwave states where meditation and hypnosis allow us to be suggestible to information. So they're getting those positive, you know, uh, suggestions put there in their mind. But then I hear, you know, I, w- I woke up for whatever reason at three o'clock in the morning and there was your voice. And your voice helped me to be able to fall back to sleep. Or I hear from people, I woke up at three o'clock in the morning and I could hear you speaking on, on the program. And at that exact moment that I woke up, what you said was exactly what I needed to hear. They're like, wow, that was that was so profound for me. And of course, you know, that could be a case where, you know, they're beginning to hear something and, you know, you're, you're drifting through, you know, delta and theta, you know, as you're sleeping. But it could be at that point where... You know, their subconscious mind was like, "Ooh, this this is something, this is something to be aware of. This is something we need to to take note of." And it was enough for the subconscious mind to go, "Hey, hey, wake up, listen to this, listen to what you need to hear." So it, it's kind of an interesting thing that I, you know, you know, that I hear that from, you know, from people. But so for me in the past, those are the times I wake up in the middle of the night, and go, "Oh my God, how's this going to happen?" And of course, you know, again, changing those patterns, you know, it makes sleeping a, a lot easier now. Well, I have to say, after we had our first conversation on the podcast, I have been using your videos. I listen to them as I'm going to sleep. Uh And then I obviously am staying asleep because I haven't woken up and you've been in my ears. So that's a good thing that hasn't happened because I'm obviously listening to you and I'm going into that good sleep. Yeah, so I'm intrigued it, now. I'm intrigued. <laughs> you set me a challenge now, John. <laughs> well, and man, it's it's interesting. Somebody commented on one of my videos the other day that, you know, they're like, man, this is great to listen to. She goes, you know, and she goes, I, I'm encouraging everybody to, you know, listen to even listen to this during the day when you're wide awake safely. Of course, don't don't be driving down the road. And it's kind of funny because I, you know, I have a little disclaimer in front of my videos and there's people that are laughing like, you know, oh, do we really need to be told we shouldn't be operating heavy machinery when we're doing this? Yeah, you got to you know, put that in. You don't want somebody to go, oh, I'm going to listen to a John Moyer sleep hypnosis program while I'm driving down the road. But it is kind of cool that, you know, there, people are like, man, there's so much information in here. I deserved also, you know, hear what's going on here, you know, consciously. And, you know, everything within my YouTube videos and all of those programs, these are the things, you know, the, the stuff that you and I have talked about here. These are the things that I put into kind of a hypnotic form, suggestions and information that resonate for people on, you know, a subconscious level, because it's the stuff that literally changed my life and that I'm passionate about sharing. And so I'm grateful that I can, um, you know, share that with with people. And then I hear back from people. I hear from people how they realize they had, you know, had these aha moments or all of a sudden they're just realizing that they're behaving differently and they're um, they're feeling differently. And obviously that creates a sense of appreciation and gratitude. You know, for me, for me, it's not necessarily, it's, it's not about me. It's just about this collective energy, you know, with the, the experience of humanity that is, you know, creating it differently, you know, for everybody. So people are resonating at a different energetic level. Maybe, maybe there's even a third time that I come back and we, you know, we could even get, we could even get into, uh, you know, the multiverse and, and, and dark matter and dark energy. And are these, 
you know, are these multiple realities out there with different versions of energetic, you know, versions of us that are having different experiences. That's that's another interesting thing to think about. And there's a lot of hypothesis there. But for me, that's actually been kind of a powerful tool that I've been able to use um, in some of my meditations. Because, again, you know, when you're in that state, the mind is believing something is real. So why not take somebody through the multiverse and have the opportunity to experience higher versions of themselves, you know, versions of themselves that have got the things together that that person is looking to have together and then share that energy and then they bring it back into their current reality. And wow, they're, they're different. They're, they're better off. John, I'm definitely, definitely up for a third podcast. Absolutely. So before we go, how many more or less, how many YouTube videos are up for people? Well, I can tell you right now, I've got, 80, 90 videos, something like that, that I've put out over the course of the last uh, several years. Yeah, and it's been, and a lot, most of the majority of them are the eight hour long content. Because I have got no idea how you do those, but (laughs) that's why you've got to come back to show us how you actually do those. John, I knew it was going to be a brilliant conversation. I just knew it was going to be, and I've, I've made some notes here, but I think pulling the plug that's the one that resonates that, with that me. resonates with me and 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 i did a video a few months ago and it was it was cutting the cord it was and that's what i literally called it was cutting the cord to to toxic relationships um in in this case and yeah there's a, there's a great technique that i use in there that my wife showed me about literally cutting that cord in the mind between toxic relationships and yeah that is something that that resonates with with maybe with you need to pull in the plug now yeah, pulling, you know, pulling the plug. Yeah, turning <laughs> off the power Absolutely. or turning on the power in some cases. Yeah. Uh, so, John, I'll put all the links to YouTube, everything to all your socials with the podcast. John, can I say a huge, huge, huge thank you for coming back again on the podcast? I do oh, love a returning guest and the fact that we're going to do a third one fantastic (laughs) i've no idea what you were talking about but i'm certainly prepared to (laughs) listen and learn (laughs) oh i i will be happy to talk thank you so much i i I just it meant a lot to me and it was a great experience for me so thank you so much oh john thank you very much thank you bye Bye bye-bye i hope you enjoyed the conversation Please subscribe on whatever platform you are using. It is free. And if you would like to tell your story, please contact me on allaboutyoupodcast at yahoo.com and let's tell your story.